Welcome to another episode of the Cutting Edge OTRs. Today, we're going to view a study that looks at the use of plastic sheaths during AI breeding to reduce the uterine contamination and improve fertility in dairy cattle. Now, this is a little bit of an older study. It's from 2011, but it's one I've used to pretty good effectiveness um, within my practice, within my clients. So I wanted to really share it with you guys. And again, this was published by Bass, Hoyt, Rajal-Schultz, Sanders, and Schooneman. And the objective of this study was to evaluate the effectiveness of using protective plastic sheaths to minimize contamination of the AI catheter and look at the effect of that on the pregnancies per AI in lactane dairy cattle. And the author's hypothesis was that the use of protective sheaths such as, or basically enabling clean AI technique, would minimize overall vaginal contamination of the AI gun and improve pregnancies per AI in lactating dairy cows. So stay tuned today with me, OTRs, and learn a little bit about the huge advantage that these authors were able to prove in their research trial. So the real challenge is, how do veterinarians like us, who don't have the time, resources, or financial backing of a multi-million dollar company, who are faced with irregular work schedules, on-calls, and emergencies, how can we facilitate our own personal and professional growth so we can continue to offer superior service to our clients while still remaining competitive in today's market? That is the challenge, and this podcast will provide you the roadmap to its solution. I'm your host, Dr. Eric, and welcome to Operators to Owners. Welcome back, OTRs. The article that we're going to review today is titled, The Use of Plastic Cover Sheaths at the Time of Artificial Insemination Improved Fertility of Lactating Dairy Cows. And again, it was published by Bass, Hoyt, Rajal, Schultz, Sanders, and Schooneman in the Journal of Dairy Science in 2011. And the objective of the study was to evaluate the effectiveness of using protective sheaths to decrease uterine contamination and to look at the effect of pregnancies per AI. And they hypothesized that the use of these protective sheaths would minimize vaginal contamination. Again, this is an older study. Uh, right now it's about nine years old, but it is something that I think has really significantly affected my clients. So that's why I wanted to share it with people who may not have heard of it before, as it is a relatively low cost intervention strategy with potentially really good backside dividends on that investment. So some interesting background for you guys. Uh, I did a little bit of my own homework on this. So the plastic sheaths that they use in this study um, are French tip style sheaths. They're produced by the Continental Plastic uh, Incorporated of Delavan, Wisconsin. And as best I can tell, they retail for somewhere around $8 per 25 count or about 32 cents per breeding. I'm sure you can um, get this price driven down quite a bit by buying in bulk, um, but those were just those solo 25 count packs that you usually see um, for these types of sheaths. And again, they're um, just hard plastic tubes uh, with scored, excuse me, scored vinyl caps that allow complete isolation of that AI gun from the surrounding environment until the AI gun is punctured or um, basically punctures through that vinyl cap. So that's a little bit of background of the type of sheath that they're using in the study. 
So currently, um, the other things that the authors shared in this article and in the introductions were that currently the uh, relative importance of uterine contamination um, by vaginal contaminants in the uh, bovine um, uterine or reproductive tract is unknown. However, there has been some pretty good research done um, in mares. So the, the authors referenced that in mares, semen will trigger a local immune response. And this is known as the post-mating inflammatory response. And it's been described by uh, Sherberth in 2008. This was also described by Catalina in 1996 as the overall rise of the inflammatory process for 6 to 12 hours after mating. And this led to the complete clearance of all of those inflammatory cells and debris within 48 hours. However, in AI, not only semen, but also bacteria is introduced into that actual reproductive tract. And it was found that these bacteria can actually lead to endometritis in mares. And this was found by Machenberger in 20, 2008 as well. So what they saw is natural breeding events cause an increase in inflammation, but that generally was cleared out within that 40-hour segment. But when we do AI breeding, we tend to introduce a little bit more bacteria than natural breedings. So while, again, this remains, this overall effect remains poorly described in bovines, um, it was found by Zerb in 2006 that the overall effect um, in mares versus cows is that cows have a little bit weaker response than mares. But Kaufman in 2009 did find that uterine samples collected four hours post AI did have a greater polymorph polymorphonucleic cells. They did have more polymorphonucleic cells if subclinical endometritis was present. So basically, if the AI breeding did contaminate the uterus, there is more of these PMN cells. And those higher PMN cell counts post AI, four hours post AI, led to lower overall conception rates. So while the inflammatory response in cattle is not as aggressive as mares, there is still a correlation here between uh, uterine contamination and a decrease in conception rate related to inflammatory response. The author also presented some research by Williams in 2007 that found that E. coli and pyogenes infections in the, uter in the bovine uterus would actually... Um, lead to ovarian dysfunction. So if they have that subclinical endometritis with those particular pathogens, that can cause ovarian dysfunctions. And what they described ovarian dysfunctions were, or as, were uh, reduced follicular size and reduced CL size, which led to lower estradiol and progesterone levels overall. Finally, um, the author also noted that this was not the first trial looking at the use of these plastic sheaths. And uh, research in 1984 by King and Richards in two independent studies found that there was no improvement in animals bred with and without these protective devices. Now, this study, or these series of studies, I should say, actually were modeled across multiple dairies, multiple AI technicians, and only were observed in first service animals. So just a little bit of background of what had been on previously before this article. So let's roll right into the actual methods of this study. So the study was done in April to June of 2009. The location where the study occurred was unpublished in the actual research. So we don't really know the dairy size or a lot of the dairy demographics, 
We do know that it was a 3x milking herd, had about a 22,500 pound average, and the voluntary wait period on the herd was about 60 days. Uh, the herd was a freestall herd and was fed a basic TMR. Um, but beyond those demographics, we really don't know much more about the actual herd in this study. Uh, the study was done by the Ohio State University. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to go look backwards um, at that, you will notice that it's probably done at a dairy <laughs> relatively close to the university. Um, so the researchers grouped their trial into two groups. Um, so they enrolled approximately 1,000 breedings on 749 Holstein cows. And they split those breedings up into two groups. The first group was the treatment group, or the group bred with plastic sheaths, um, as we kind of described before, with those with the AI guns inside the sheath, and then being extruded at time of breeding. And that group represented about 493 breedings. The second group was the control group, and this is a group that was just bred with an AI gun. No um, plastic sheathing, hard or soft um, type plastic sheathing, just a straight AI gun with straw um, in it. And that represented uh, 512 breedings, or 521 breedings, excuse me. So they did two independent evaluations in the study. They looked at first, number one, um, AI gun culture evaluation. And then number two, they looked at pregnancy per AI. So let me describe a little bit about the, the AI technique, and then we'll go into how they did these evaluations. So first of all, plastic sheaths were used, and these plastic sheaths were, um, they described them as 30 centimeters long, um, 0.7 centimeters um, in diameter. They're rigid polyvinyl chloride tubes with scored rubber caps. And service technique, or what was done when servicing, involved passing the sheathed or unsheathed AI gun through the vagina, and then once at the cervical os, if the AI gun was um, covered in the sheath, it was pushed through the actual end or that rubber cap and then manipulated through the cervix. And then semen was deposited both for the sheathed and unsheathed breedings in the uterine body. So that was the basic AI technique that they used, whether they used a sheath or no sheath. Now, when they're looking at evaluating culture results on these AI guns, they had two different techniques for basically swabbing these guns. So they selected... Um, basically 52 breedings, and they took those breedings and then they swabbed these guns um, after to look at growth. So after the unsheathed breeding guns were um, discharged and the cow was bred, they were removed from the vagina of the cow very carefully. So they opened the vulvar lips um, manually to avoid contamination with the external skin and other um, obvious contaminations in that area. And then the tip of that gun and the distal one-third of the gun were then swabbed and placed in the transport media and sent to the lab. Now, for those guns that were sheathed in these hard plastic sheaths, the semen was deposited in the uterus, and then the AI gun was actually pulled back into, this, into the sheath, um, that plastic sheath, after semen deposition. And then it was removed from the reproductive tract. And then after that, it was pushed back through the sheath again and swabbed after. And these swabs were cultured either on, or excuse me, on both blood auger and McConkie auger for 24 hours. And when colonies were noted or, or viewed onto that auger, um, they were individually isolated for identification of um, genus species. So then um, overall, they did this identification, and then they also did some bacterial growth density identification. And they just ranked these um, pretty simply as uh, one through three. So uh, a score one had um, 20 or less colonies, 
Uh, a score two had 21 to 100 colonies, and a score three had over 100 colonies, a basic grouping um, one through three. So that's how they evaluated the overall culturing of the AI gun. Now, when they're looking at the pregnancy per AI evaluation, what they did is, again, cows were assigned basically to a random either control or treatment group. And then the records for those individual cows were pulled from the HERS record system to look at pregnancy per AI analysis. I think it's important to note at this point, too, that um, the voluntary wait period in this herd was 60 days, and the herd followed a Precinct 12 program, but did allow cherry picking once past the 60-day voluntary wait period. And uh, again, a little bit of description because there's been some evolution in breeding um, and theory and and synchronization of cattle. They did use the Precinct 12 with the breeding OVSYNC being OVSYNC 56 with just a single lutealized shot, not that lutealized shot at day seven and again on day eight. And then again, um, after they did these breedings, pregnancy check took place at about 30 days post AI. So what did they find? What were the results? So after they excluded certain animals um, and they excluded the exclusion criteria primarily in this case was an animal that would abort that disqualified them from the actual trial. So after they excluded those animals, 996 services were actually um, enrolled into the study and this qualified about 773 animals of the bacterial swabs they took 51 bacterial swabs and in that subgroup 62 percent of the plastic sheath cows cultured positive for bacterial growth whereas 100 percent of the control cows those cows without plastic sheaths tested positive for bacterial growth on the end of those guns now, the majority of plastic sheath cows had light bacterial growth, whereas the control group had heavy bacterial growth. And actually, I believe it was 10 of 21 of those plastic sheath cows actually had no growth whatsoever. Um, and then rolling into the actual pregnancy per AI, the proportion of cows pregnant after timed AI was 42.7% in plastic sheath bred cows, versus 36.1% in the control group. And that was statistically significant to a very high degree. The other thing to note is there was no difference between parities and there was no difference in conception rate on the first service breedings, but most of this, or excuse me, all of this di difference could be attributed to the second and greater breedings in which there was an 11.5% 11 11 conception rate difference in those breedings. So 32.3% in the control group versus 43.8% conception rate in the treatment or the plastic sheath group. So what the authors were able to do after this was conclude that the use of plastic sheaths was effective in minimizing the contamination of the AI gun at the time of AI. And they're also able to conclude that plastic sheath usage for second and greater service cows um, improved overall pregnancy rates per AI event. So very interesting thing. And again, um, I brought this to your attention because we've kind of been using this at our, at our practice for a lot of years now. I think it's been probably five or six years since we had this initial discussion. But the study presents a really interesting breeding alternative that has little to negligible impact on the cost per breeding, but presents a really significant upside in reducing, you know, average days open, conception rate, pregnancy rate, all of the metrics that we use um, for reproductive success. Now, 
some other thoughts I have is that some of my producers have asked about the alternative of using soft plastic sleeves, the roll kind, um, rather than hard plastic sheaths. Um, I, I assume that they would probably be cheaper per AI. But again, at this point, we're kind of talking cents per AI. Um, you know, maybe it's a 20 cent difference or less. So is it is it really worth discussing? Um, you know, you have to kick that at your own own opinion. But after we talked about that concept kind of at our clinic or within, you know, our veterinary um, group, we were kind of concerned about the chances or the larger chances maybe of that larger, less, um, less rigid um, sheath protector basically having the, the potential to drag more contamination from the vagina into the cervix um, and then maybe into the uterus once um, you just were introducing that AI gun into the uterus. So, you know, that's what we were kind of concerned about when you're comparing those two. As far as I know, there's no trial that I've seen that compares soft plastic sleeves versus these um, hard plastic sheaths. So that would be something that'd be interesting to see in the future. Um, also, interestingly, you know, the plastic sheaths pre prevented almost 40% of contaminations of the AI gun, um, you know, and that reduced potential uterine pathogen exposure. Now, in some of the notes, the author discussed how previous studies by Catalina and Maschenberger um, saw that these particular pathogen exposures can cause uterine lining colonization, an increased inflammatory response, and actually inhibit the maternal recognition of pregnancy. And I think it's important to note um, that the author also presented research by Williams in 2007 that found that, again, these E. coli and apiogenes infections, if they're found in that uterine lining wall, can again cause this an ovarian dysfunction kind of syndrome. Um, that's due to the reduced follicular size, reduced size of the CL, lowering estradiol and progesterone levels. And this could potentially, these two kind of things together coming from that Catalina, Matchenberg, and um, Williams studies, all of these together could potentially lead to the reproductive dysfunction cows or the um, reproductive failure or reproductive loser cows that we see. And potentially the use of AICs could prevent these infections and actually reduce the accumulation of subclinical endometritis cows within your herd, helping overall pregnancy rate. The other thing to think about is that these lower estradiol levels are also critical um, when you factor in that estrogen is responsible for the leukocyte migration um, from the bloodstream into the reproductive tract. And this was kind of found by Ramos in 2000. Um, so when you think about the infection of that E. coli and pyogenes and how it could affect those levels, um, that could cause a shortfalling in estrogen, which actually could negate the ability of the cow to clear the subclinical endometritis. Um, and though the author notes the shortcomings of actually not investigating estradiol levels in their study, they also did postulate that this subclinical endometritis um, may reduce those levels and overall inhibit um, immunologic function within that cow's reproductive tract, um, reducing again the ability to clear infections, debris, um, and contributing to reproductive failure. So again, this has been used to great effect um, on my best performing pregnancy rate herd. Um, they adopted this technique, it's got to be six years or more ago, and kind of in combination with excellent shot compliance, a really good breeding technician, and some significant genetic selection with increased weight, weight on DPR, 
um, I can say anecdotally, it's been shown to be able to achieve you know, a 40 pregnancy rate within a six month window and as high as a 38 or more pregnancy rate within an annual window. So it is something that um, is not only in theory and research, but I feel like we've successfully implemented it within our practice as well. It's also interesting that the authors were able to, you know, I really want to commend them in this, in this, but they were really able to see the shortcomings of the previous research done on this technique and technology and create kind of an, an implementation of a new model that allowed for more accurate portrayal of the actual potential of solid plastic sheath devices. And their implementation of also a standardized farm, a single technician, and just a wider perspective across more breedings um, and using that novel approach was really able, really able to uncover potentially game-changing reproductive um, technologies. And I, again, want to just kind of personally commend them for not giving up, even though previous research might have suggested this was a futile effort. So hopefully maybe there's more um, information out there like this where people go backwards and look at previous models and seek to uh, understand or, or um, modify them to modernize them as well. Finally, um, the author did note at the very end that they would like to see further studies looking into you know, reproductive management techniques and their overall impact on the underlying mechanisms that affect uterine lumen contaminants, their removal, and the effects on reproductive performance as a whole. So again, this is a very interesting study. I think it has some really good implications. It's low-hanging fruit, in my opinion, as far as dollars invested per um, service. And I think that there's a lot of potential there for you to have some pretty significant um, impact on your dairy for very little price. So with that said, I'd like to thank you guys all for joining me again today and uh, for another episode of The Cutting Edge. If you like this, go to our website. You can check out the typed summary version of this. And again, tune in on Wednesdays for some actual practical application and uh, professional development business tips as well for, um, for our thoughts from the truck episodes. So that's all I've got for you today, OTRs. Carry on. If you like this content and want more, you can stop by the Operator's Owner's website at otovets.com. There you can sign up for our community at otovets.com forward slash Facebook. You can also consume some of our original content at the blog at otovets.com forward slash blog. Thank you for joining us today and we'll catch you next time OTRs.